Welcome to the Busy Being Born podcast with your hosts Kamande and Kigondu. Yeah. <laughs> oh, normally you start the episode with that. Hey. <laughs> there you go. Good to see you guys. Karibuni sana to this studio session. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, a round of applause for Mukabi. That was fantastic. The the divine bandit. The divine bandit. Thank you. And for you who's listening, Maze, today we have a live and it's super um, is it is it that weird having uh, it feels different it feels very different yeah i have to like be conscious and not be conscious of there are people listening live yeah. and watching us live but it's oh, what it is it ended up with our... yeah we've been looking forward to this for a while yeah, yeah. and it's a it's a beautiful way to to close a year and open another absolutely it's a beautiful way to honor the third season and the 50th uh, episode to begin my coffee maze Thank you so much, Maze. Busy being born out here. Kabisa. We jump in, episode jump 50. In. Let's go for it. Let's go. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Busy Being, being, uh, being Born podcast. When people are watching you, Sasandio wait until we start reading the ads. <laughs> so just be, be be comfortable to how badly we'll read. Performance anxiety. Uh, right? <laughs> mm. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is a Busy Being Born podcast live. And we have sponsors. Kama Kawaida, we are hoping this new season will get more and more. So if you are here in the audience and you... Yes, it deserves one of those. Mm. If you are here in the audience and you feel these guys are doing justice to my brand, holla at your boys. And ladies, there are lots of them here. Today's episode is brought to you by uh, Busy Being Born podcast website, which is, <laughs> hello, <laughs> www.busybeingborn.africa. Let us tell you about this, guys. Now, this is where you'll find us. This is besides on the platforms, the podcast platforms, and we are everywhere. By the way, check us out. The biggest and the best part about the platform is that there is more than just episodes there. So we have blogs, we have guest features, we have shops, so you can come buy our match. I hope you like our match if you're seeing it. Uh, yeah, so we got eh, we got everything. At this rate, we'll get Jordans. No? Uh, okay, so I'll watch to see branding. So get everything there. You can catch us on, again, busybeingborn.africa. This is the home of African excellence. And this is where you'll get everything that we've done in terms of archives, in terms of photos, in terms of all the episodes to this point and going forward. And so much more coming, yeah? So busybeingborn.africa. We yeah, have uh, another yeah. sponsor, right? Yeah, um, and just to add on that, we'll have a lot more guest um, writers. So we, we're going to get a lot more into the writing, a bit esoteric, but still worth it, um, including the likes of the Divide Bandit, who I think has a lot of things to share. Yes, sir. Yeah? Yes, sir. All right. We are also brought to you by Amini Sportswear. Amini Sportswear is an African and beyond sports merchandise brand that takes pride in collaborating with early stage businesses, immersing itself in their unique challenges to fulfill their kit and merchandise requirements. Amini Sportswear specializes in customizing kits and merchandise to your precise specifications. They are committed to delivering your orders personally within a six to eight week turnaround time. Amini's mission is to harness technical expertise to craft high-quality African-themed kits that remain durable, vibrant, and resistant to shrinkage or creasing even with repeated washing. 
Despite being less than a year old, Amini Sports has played a vital role in providing major kit deals for renowned teams such as the USIU teams for rugby, basketball, um, Strathmore Sports teams, Equity Bank, and currently contributes to the branding of Shuja, the international Kenya Rugby Sevens team. They also offer top quality training and match balls, rugby, football, etc. And they did this for this year's Sports Pesa 7 circuit that just ended and the ongoing Impala Floodies. I think the finals are today. Mm-hmm. And Amini Sports um, is providing the match balls for that. You can find them on X, formerly Twitter, at, <laughs> this is my favorite thing, um, at AWS, oh, sorry, AS Sports Africa. Now, if you read that, it just also happens that this company is run by a very, a, a very good friend. I think he'll be joining us later. Uh, more is patience. Um, it's run by, by Patrice, Patrice Agunda. Patrice is a phenomenal human being and a very good friend. Um, yeah, he's a very good friend. We call him teacher. Um, and I feel like him designing that name, eh? It's not an accident. It was very intentional. He has, he has a proclivity for certain things. Okay. Yeah, I'm not even going to say anything. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> got very uh, on yeah. brand. Yeah, he's on brand. He's That's on exactly. brand. Patrice is a former Kenya 7s and 15s rugby player who's a very good friend of the podcast. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we jump in. We have a guest. We have a guest. We have a we guest. Have a guest. <laughs> you know how it goes. Yeah. Please ask. Um, are they brilliant? Are they brilliant? But of course, bro. <laughs> of course, they are brilliant. Are they representing the motherland? Yes, very okay. much so in mm-hmm. so many ways, Maze. Amazing. You get to jump in and hear their stories. In and there. last and uh, last but not least, are they busy being born? But of course. Yeah. Yes, this is one of the best ways to crown. Tell us more, Tuambie. Yeah, this is one of the best ways to crown our episode uh, 50. So, ladies and gentlemen. Half a century. Half a century. Mm. Our guest today is as prolific an actor as your favorite, if not your favorite. <laughs> he's probably your favorite actor. He's a voice artist, he's a radio presenter, and an events guru. Having jumped professional theater, or having jumped into professional theater uh, quite early, this is actually at the tip of the millennium, Our guest went on to act in numerous plays at the Phoenix Players, at the National Theatre, and soon enough, he was on TV. Having back-to-back features on really dope TV shows such as um, My Best Show, one of my best shows ever. Which is? Reflections. Reflections. Eh. As soon as you saw him there, soon enough, he was on Makutano Junction. Soon enough... Tuliona Menyamaza Kidogo, then we saw him on Antibos, on Varshita, on County 49. <laughs> the, the best episodes of County 49 <laughs> were written by a really cool dude called Martin Kigondu. Plug. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> please tell that to your friends. Anyway, so he went on to also <laughs> a feature on crime and justice and other movies and TV shows here and there. So we are honored, ladies and gentlemen, to have a chat with a human being who's had lots of experience in the arts and in life. So we get to sit and chat on the breadth of his career and the depth of his life experience so far. Ladies and gentlemen, help us to welcome the one and the only Makbo Mohammed. Hey, hey, welcome, sir. <laughs> welcome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you, man. We could do better. We could do better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you all right? That's good, mic testing. We're good? We're 
good? Asante sana for making time this morning. Awesome. Mm. Awesome. Glad to be here. Happy to be here. Yeah, sorry we are running on African time, but it is what it is. Um, we just have to make peace with that. Um, what have you done this morning that you either don't do or do habitually? You can choose either. I don't mm-hmm. walk. <laughs> so, um, I, I recently moved uh, to the sides of Sin City, Kilimani. And <laughs> well, it is in city, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I hadn't been to this place. I've never been to this place. Um, and, you know, I opened the directions and uh, Google told me, turn left. It didn't say turn left immediately. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So I went down the road, up to Mama Olieche's, taking a nice, lovely walk. I went all the way up to the main road. As I got there, I was like, maybe I should find out where this place is. Mm-hmm. I call Martin and Martin says, oh, where are you? It's like, I'm somewhere on the road, uh, Kingdom Bank. It's like, okay, take a right. To me, a right <laughs> is on the other side of the road. <laughs> so I take a right. I end up on the other side of the road at some Tulip Hotel. I'm like, maybe <laughs> <laughs> I should find out. I call Martin again. It's like, oh, so you see Mama Oliege? I'm like, wait. So I come back. It's like, yeah, just come back. So I come back all the way, I meet him, and then only to discover the entrance to this place is right next to my house. <laughs> so I took a walk in the mm. morning. <laughs> you normally don't. Yeah. And I was yeah. trying to, when, when I came in, I was like, I'm sweating so much. I'm not quite sure I want to be on camera anymore. Mm. But yeah, I took a walk in the morning. That's nice. uh, I never do that. Can that become a habit? Not no. really, no. <laughs> <laughs> It, Let's not get there. It, yeah, because it's a very, it's a very interesting thing. It yeah. depends. It really depends on on where you live, and that's why I think there's a joke that goes on about you know Eastlands and and uh, being on this other side of town where you can find spots to walk, uh, and it's a it's a rich kind of mentality mm-hmm. because there are spaces you can do that. Mm. As I was walking down, borders are hooting at me. There are cars which are trying to you know uh, take a wrong turn. It's it's so busy. I ca- I can't walk. You can't mm-hmm. walk down here. Yeah. Okay. Right. yeah. So. Yeah. Not your thing. Oh, good. Yeah. Treadmill oh, is good. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about taking uh, wrong turns. Eh? Yes. If uh, not paths that then lead you to really interesting places, mm-hmm. the question would be, what is the last thing that you changed your mind about? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that is interesting. Um, music. Okay. Music. I'm a fan of music. Like, I find, as an artist, you find ways to express yourself. I express myself through music. It's sad I can't hold a note, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> I love I love music, right? But there are different genres of music that uh, you know we are privy on this part of the world. I changed my mind about a genre that has been there for the longest time: house music. House music has been so big mm-hmm. around the world, but it's always. Uh, labeled as you know it's a it's a white thing Mm -hmm. right it's a very european westlands kind of thing now all of a sudden there are young guys who are turning this genre into something that we can hold our own and they're doing it even better than the pop artists that we have Mm. right there are people like um and starting from south africa black coffee who are changing the the narrative of this music and it's starting to sound more and more like our own in kenya Recently had uh, a young girl called Tina Ador, and she's singing in Kikuyu, like proper folk song, mm. but now mixed with house music. I, I now I've fallen in love with it. I fell in love with it so much. I started an event. 
Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Same yeah. about the event. Yeah. Let me just plug it in. Plug Where's it in. the camera? Which Go camera? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that we do this. It's called Afro Tribe at Gecko Cafe every last Sunday of the month, and this is our fifth month. It's happening tomorrow. So come on, come on. We're all. coming. Hey. Come on. Yeah. Come that's our hey. plan. Thank you, our sponsor Savannah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> plug again. Plug um, again. Yeah. Plug again. But oh, yeah, okay. I changed my mind about that because I always thought that house music was very, you know. Yeah. Mm, yeah, but now it's home. Now we're singing in our own languages, yeah. and it's just changing the game. It's okay, another no. way of expressing ourselves. That's okay. interesting yeah. because you changed your mind about something, yeah. and then what's the past tense of dive? Dove. Dove. Dive to dove. Dove. Dove right in, yeah. and then you dove heard. right in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dive. <to> Beaver. <laughs> yeah. Beaver. <laughs> and then you dove right into yeah. it. To the extent of starting an event around yeah. this thing that you changed your mind about. Yeah. Have you always been like that where you discover something and then maybe, um, I don't know what the process is, yeah. you end up diving right into it? Yeah, I've been, I've been accused of doing that a lot. <laughs> uh, and I think you've seen throughout my career. Mm. I, um, I fall in love with something and I want to express myself through it. And, and it's, I think it's a way of artists mm. um, when you find something that you want to, you know, to touch on. And it's always been like that. When it came to, even in the beginning when I was starting out at Phoenix, it was by chance. It wasn't by design. I had acted in school. I was supposed to go to um, university in the UK. But there were these ads on the paper. Um, and back, back in the day, we used to have ads on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> not pop-ups. <laughs> no, call-outs for auditions. It's not like now on social media. So... Nation would have these little odds and, and Phoenix every month would have an audition or so. Mm. So I went, I got in and I was like, hmm, I kind of like this. And eight years later, I was, you know, part of the furniture. Yeah. So that's how I've always progressed. <laughs> part of it, the furniture? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really went in. I, I really fell in love with the theater and being in front of people and just, you know, finding a space where I can... I can express myself. Mm. And I think that's something that we don't encourage a lot. I swear I digress. We don't encourage in, in our schools. And it depends as well where there's this Eastlands, Westlands thing that always happens. Mm. There's a divide. So when you come on this area, uh, Westlands, there are a lot of encouragement when it comes to the arts. On this other end, there's not so much. Yeah. So when I found something that I fell in love with, I went through it. Mm. And that's how it's always been with my career. Yeah. And how far back can you recall it? You getting interested in performing. Wow, um, that's far. Yeah, you could tell us. About Yo, yeah. ni nineteen. When I say nineteen hundreds, <laughs> some guys you are not born. Yeah, yeah, half of this room wasn't born. Nineteen <laughs> hundreds. I I think um, I watched <laughs> my sister. My sister used to um, go to school at uh, JQ Art. Okay. Uh, she was studying music. So as part of um uh, had music. Yeah, yeah, they had music back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as part of what she was doing in uh, in school, she needed to do a musical. And she happened to do it at Phoenix Theatres. And this was one of the first shows that was actually it was actually the first Kenyan show that was written produced here. It was called Aspirations. And I remember Aspirations was fantastic because there was a cast of about 15 people, including the likes of Charles Chiari, Jimmy Gadu, uh, Mokami Kinoti, um, named them, the, the people that we looked up to back in the day. And this particular setup is, is when I found myself there, I was like, 
wow. Yeah. These are Kenyans talking about what they want to do when they grow up, talking about life in a language that I understand, you, you know, yeah. I, I, I get. And immediately I saw that I fell in love. I was like, maybe this is what I should do. But now getting into school, I completely forgot about it. And I saw that ad. Yeah. I went and destiny, I suppose. Yeah, it yeah. all fell into place. Everything fell into place. It doesn't, it doesn't sound like you went to the kind of schools uh, to have drama festivals. No, I didn't. Ah, there no, you I go. didn't. Yeah. So when is it I didn't participate time? actually. Yeah. Let me just say that. Okay. I am sorry, uh, Jamuhuri High School. Ah, Jamu had it. I was waiting for that reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I just didn't participate then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, if if you know Jamu, it was hard to participate back in the day. The other activities <laughs> that we were we would partake, but <laughs> I think I think it's also in far. the nineties. I think that joke flew past a lot of people. It, it's, it's in the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nineteen hundreds. Nineteen hundreds. And and it, credit credit to to you know life if you're. Destiny is to find you, it'll always find you. Yeah. I didn't think about it then, but it found me. Yeah. Yeah, you can't escape it. Okay, so as soon as Jamu is done, you go to the Phoenix. You spot the audition, then you head out. And then I head out, I yeah. get into Phoenix, I do my fir first show. First of all, uh, I went for auditions. There are three auditions. Um, you have to go through the first one, and then the callback, and then there's another callback. After the first one... Um, and, and I'm standing in line with the George Mungais of this world, Ian Bugwa and who and who and the the um, mentor himself, the guru himself, legendary James Falkland was was there and we were lucky enough to to be taught by him. So I go to the audition and as soon as I finish, I'm like that I that's rubbish. I yeah. <laughs> that was <laughs> Do you remember do you remember what you did? I can't remember for the life of me. But I remember the English wasn't like this. It was. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. You know, it wasn't polished. Yeah. Let me say that. Yeah. So when I left there, I, I was discouraged. As as every audition, I think mm. you you would you would know. And and I forgot about it. I was like, I'm done. So when they called me back, it was such a surprise. Um and. James Falkland was very encouraging in terms of, I see something in you, there's a potential, so I want to tap into it. Mm. And put me in this show with legendary um, actresses and actors like Janet Kanini, George, uh, Nini Oshera, um, Angela Mwandanda, like back in the day, the big names. And first day um, that I, the first show, the curtains are coming up, uh, supposed to come up, and then I say my line, and then uh, Janet says her line, Janet Wanjohi. And curtain goes up. My first time, I see the audience and I freeze. <laughs> I choke. I can't say anything. I'm just like, uh, uh. Janet picks up, curtains go down, and she holds my hand. She's like, come down, come down. Mm. I'm like, shit, shit, shit. It's like, curtains go up again. And blank. <laughs> My first show, yeah. I drew a blank. Yeah. I could not say a word. I came off, I beat myself, but Janet held my hand. George, it's like, it's your first one. Mm. Just come down. You'll get into it. Just learn to, you know, inhale, exhale before you go on stage and all these amazing things. And yeah, yeah. from then on, it became slightly easier. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But How, yeah. I'm curious about the second show. I killed the second show. Okay. 
because I felt I was, first of all, I became confident in where I was and the people who were around me and the support that I got. Mm. And I think that's what we don't get a lot. We don't welcome young actors and actresses into the industry or people who are looking into getting into a space. We don't hold their hands. We usually tell them how bad it is, mm. um, what they should or shouldn't do, instead of just saying, it's okay, welcome. Mm. It'll take a while. But you'll get here. Mm. Yeah. So that's exactly what they did for me. And that's how I got encouraged. Do do, do you think that spills over into life? It is. It is. And I'm finding it every single day. We live life um, from... I was talking to someone earlier on and I said, we look at life from an outside inside when we should be looking inside and outside. But even if you do that, you need people who are ahead of you to tell you this is how it was, this is how it is, so you don't step on it. This, I love this young generation because you like taking risks. It's fantastic. But don't, don't disqualify the people who've been there before. Don't disqualify the people who've taken the same path. It might not be the same infrastructure, but they have a lot to tell you. And, and that's what I'm learning. This, this podcast is fantastic to me because I'm at that particular place where I'm unlearning and learning new things. I'm learning how to listen. I'm learning how to look at the people who have gone ahead of me and some of the steps that they've taken to get to where they are, right? I'm learning to appreciate my pace as well and not try and run ahead of myself because someone else is running a race, right? Mm. All these things are fantastic only if you have an open mind to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know why that's phenomenal? Sorry for the tangent. It's because um, if you're, let's say, joining Phoenix in maybe early 2090s, right? means you're not young, right? And here you are, not young at least by some standards here. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I, I usually do this. Eh? How old do you guys think I am? Because it's very interesting. I get a lot of feedback. Sorry? 26. 46. 46. Hey, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going that direction. I, I, I really wasn't going that direction. And, and I if I look 46, I need help. <laughs> Nine, I, yeah, she had 1900s, like old like, man. <laughs> what, what, what do you guys think? Who else? 40? Th- I like that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah? Spot on. Spot on. Spot on. 46? <laughs> and you, wow. you know, the, the best the, part about it? She didn't even blink. She didn't hesitate. <laughs> How old do you? She 46. didn't hesitate. Like, and she I mean. said it so bubbly. It's like 46. <laughs> Ouch. It's a coffee. It's a coffee. <laughs> it's a balding. It's a balding. Oh, good. But yeah, 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 yeah. 42, 42. Yeah, so at, at 42, yeah. and you are still in the process of learning and learning yes. intentionally. So yeah. if that's not busy being born, man, I don't know what yeah. is. Right? Totally, man. Because when, when you're growing up in your early childhood teens and whatnot you're copying and mimicking your parents and everything that is around you right when you get into your teens it's about the peers and and you know what they teach you sometimes they teach you good things sometimes they teach you bad things but you have to go through that Mm. in your 20s it's all about discovering yourself and trying you know i'm falling in love i'm doing this i'm starting (laughs) a new job i'm starting a new career i'm finding Mm. my footing and all these things by the time you get to 30 all the good things or all the mistakes that you've gone through will compound in your 30s right they will totally change or make who you are and that's Mm. there's a lot of confusion in our 30s right because that's when the 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 things that you've learned are either working for you or not (laughs) Mm. right Mm. 
and and most of the time this is where we make our mistakes because we will either hold on to our mistakes and say no this is who i am because i don't want to be told otherwise or you will let go and start afresh yeah now letting go and starting afresh is very difficult yeah it's very difficult no one wants to be told you are wrong in what you do yeah. no one wants to be told your thinking is wrong right getting into your 40s is such a beautiful place because uh, am i allowed to cast yes yeah. yes yes please 40s is a beautiful place because there's a sense of i don't give a fuck anymore mm. it's all about me i'm no longer looking out for answers now everything that is i'm doing comes from within mm. case in point i love house music what can i do with this house music let me see if i can start an event somewhere i don't care if anyone is doing it out there it's what i want to do i'll do it mm. it becomes a success that's the beauty about being in your 40s mm. and that's the beauty about unlearning and letting go mm. once you let go of everything that you think you are then there's so much space in terms of growth and that's where yeah. you should start that's Man. beautiful Matthew. because you're damned to yeah to be yeah. who you think you are yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful um, the, the former preso uh, but decade ago like two days ago yes he was asked about his age he's in his early 60s it was like 62 huh? you know yeah 62 yeah, yeah. it was like I won't say anything about my age but life begins at 40. It really does. It said. really does because you open your eyes and at 40 is when you actually define who you are. Mm. Makbul, I have a question. Yeah. Is it possible that through sitting with people who have one gone through this process and two are willing to speak about it? and reading because right now we in the information age we can spend time with you we can read online about people we can be very selective about the content we're consuming all this to ask is it possible for us to sort of recalibrate that idea you 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 can you can it depends on the circles like i was saying earlier on it, it you have to have an open mind first of all to unlearn you have to be in a space where be able to get critiqued in who you are and and try and navigate all those emotions of no this I'm right I'm wrong and all those things but you need to be in a space where people like I said I was at Phoenix the show was happening Janet held my hand George held my hand Ian James and they showed me this is the way to go if they didn't I wouldn't be here mm. you need that circle you need to be in that space I I can't be in a space where we are dying every single day and our aspirations and ambitions are to open a podcast and i want to do aviation mm. just as it makes sense doesn't it mm. you need to be in that space where people if you want to go a direction be in that space with those mm. people okay. are. yeah like so and, and yeah, so hopefully we can guide a few people and and not have to wait until 40 yeah. um totally. because you know guys are learning before us right so yeah. if you're not learning from them then maybe that's a missed opportunity this podcast is what back in the day in the 80s and the 90s used to be sitting with wazes in a baraza and talking about stuff <laughs> this is just it you're right but but now, basically you're right baraza yeah but now it's peer to peer and getting people who are either in different fields you you can you know pass the knowledge or people who've gone through stuff and they have testimonials and all these things 
this this is that setting yeah totally yeah, yeah. baraza Not nice baraza, baraza. <laughs> yeah, baraza. Okay. exactly let's 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 get back to the journey yeah, yeah. Uh, i like that uh, in uh, the tangent we took mm. we've uh, brought out especially the word uh, intentionality yeah. in some way so at what point do you intentionally decide you know what i am an artist and this is what i'll do this acting thing even before uh, maybe it could have been around the same time before tv takes off yeah. before radio takes off yeah. at what point could be later as well do you yeah. decide you know what i'm actually an artist and this is what i'll do first of all i think art for a lot of people not everyone for a lot of people art comes from a very dark place eh? mm it comes from a very, it's trauma things you've been through and i see the divine over there laughing it's like <laughs> yes yes bandit yes yeah yeah the bandit agrees it comes from a dark dark place and and i found validation in being on stage okay i found validation in people looking at me and thinking wow you're great you're doing apps i was like thank you this is what i want to do forever <laughs> right yeah and i fell in love with it uh, as i was going along but that was just the thing just being in a space where first of all i felt accepted uh, as i am because you know as an artist you're you're a bit different from the norm mm. even even in growing up like that guy is average he can do better but his his mind is never because you know you're either in art or something different so it it takes a while to find yourself but that validation mm. is is what i think kind of triggered the journey for me okay no I, okay. and and being able to express myself and people actually thinking yes yeah so it's almost as if from a point of need it is coming from a point of need yeah. Yeah. it is it has to come from a point yeah. of need just okay. um a follow up question that you yeah. might have an answer to or not which is all good did you ever feel some sort of self doubt at any point and how did you deal with that especially in those early days that that is something that it's difficult because eh? it happens till now uh, <laughs> imposter syndrome is a thing it's such you. a thing when when you guys were talking about yeah mabu has done this i'm like who are they talking about <laughs> why to me i i don't see it i see yes i've done the journey it's been many years but i feel like there's more to be done there's always self doubt there's always self doubt and those nerves that you're feeling earlier on that doubt is mm. is what you use to push you ahead and i've always used that when i feel like maybe this space is is too big for me and i'm you know i shouldn't be here i carry that and try as much as i can to to be in that space case in point when i got into uh capital fm and i was doing radio i was scared i was like this is capital First of all my accent doesn't even match this place. Mm. Now it does, eh? <laughs> <laughs> After many years. <laughs> I I didn't feel like I fit in. I'm I'm standing there with Dini Mashera. I'm like, "What?" Farid Kimani if this was I'm like, "Wait, what? How did I even get here?" But I used that to push me ahead and mm. I kind of say it worked out. It did. It did. Yeah. <laughs> it did. So use that whenever you feel, you know, you're not enough, you whenever you have that doubt, whenever you have imposter syndrome, try and channel that into what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, cuz no one else sees it. It's only you. Yeah. No one else. It's like you guys say, "Oh, Macbold." In my head I'm like, "What? Pressure." 
Mm. But you guys can see that. Mm. Yeah. So it's all internal. What came first? The chicken or the egg? <laughs> TV or radio? TV or radio? Stage, TV, radio. Okay. Let's talk about that transition. Yeah. Phoenix into TV. Phoenix, uh, first of all, I didn't even want to get into TV because I thought TV wasn't good enough. Yeah, you're a purist. I'm a purist. I'm mm. from Phoenix. Mm. <laughs> James I don't Falkland. even want to do Kenya theater because it's beneath me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, back in the day. Mm. And I sort of transitioned from Phoenix. I went to KNT. I did a couple of shows, some musicals. And then KBC was starting an English show. Um, and I remember Emily Wanja, who's an amazing director and producer now, um, was like, yo, you fit that role of a young guy who is lost in life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite sure what she was thinking, but yeah. Typecasting. Exactly. Right? It was only typecasting because I was trying to find myself. And then I got into KBC and, and Reflections. I heard you talking about it. For those who didn't watch Reflections, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it was early days in TV. It was yeah. really interesting. Very interesting. It was a dope show. What do you mean interesting? It was a, an awesome show. I remember that's how that what, what, that was one of the ways that my mother and I spent our, our evenings. Born. Again, imposter syndrome. I don't see it. Reflections was it was the beginning, and and here I was coming straight out of theater. You understand theater? Yeah. You stand your full height. You talk to the person. You, there's a certain way you you position yourself, mm. right? And even the way you talk, you you mm. talk from the belly. You talk mm. from the gut. Open, you know, your diaphragm. TV doesn't work that voice way. Voice is different. It's totally different. Yeah. TV have to become smaller, very very small mm. and very natural. So going into that world, every single like the director was so upset after every ten seconds. Like, Macbury, you are shouting. <laughs> <laughs> this is not theater. This is TV. I'm like, I, fine. And then there are three cameras. There's one camera over there, one camera over there, one camera over there. I'm mm. playing to all of them. I'm not used to that. It was it was a tough transition mm. and but i i really enjoyed it once i got into it and and again we we had a plethora of of talents in that show from kamau and dongo to um ezekiel onyango who is who is the head of uh kfta if i'm not wrong mm -hmm. um and uh terry and chebet yeah, yeah mm. who played my sister it, it was so much fun because we're peers we're the same age and you know we're being on TV for the first time. Someone is coming. It's like, oh, I've seen you on TV. Can I get your autograph? It's like, me? Yeah. Autograph? Wow. So we felt like we were there. Yeah. And that was fantastic. But I still went back to theater. Yeah. And then Makutano Junction came calling. And that was it. That was the life changer. I am so thankful I did that production because it taught me a lot. It was one of the few productions in Kenya at that time which took time to train people and expose people into what mm. acting is all about. Mm. They got producers, they got directors, they got DOPs from the UK from shows like The Bill, uh, EastEnders, Casualty, all these top shows. Mm. And they came and spent time with us for 13 episodes in like three months. It was so much fun. We learned so That's much. Dope. We That's learned dope. so much. That's something that I'm trying actually to bring back because 
this generation wants to be in the arts. There's so much talent out there, but they don't have spaces where they can explore that. Mm. They don't have spaces where they can go to get trained and, and training, you know, yeah. be as fortunate as we were in our space. There's no longer Phoenix. You're trying to bring it back. Uh, yeah, thank you for that. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Exactly. Mm. But we need more spaces like mm. that because yeah. we were fortunate enough to go through that and, and we should impart our knowledge as well. Let's talk about that season. What lesson did you get then? Do you use to date? Yes, of course, they are a good number, yeah. but they are top two. Don't be afraid to try new things because if I was a purist, as mm. you say, I wouldn't be here. Mm. If I was grounded on theater, I wouldn't be here. If I thought TV wasn't all that, I wouldn't be here. If I wanted money, I wouldn't be here. Mm. Be open. Especially, and I tell, tell young guys, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, make the mistakes. Make them so much. That's the best time. Because in your 40s, you can't. Mm. You have to solidify your identity and know exactly where you're going. Because 50s are around the corner, right? Make as many mistakes. And that's, I think, the one thing that I was privileged enough to, to do and be in a space where I was allowed to do that, right? So make them. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. that's the one thing that I carry every single day when I want to try out new things. Again, I go back to the music thing. I've never been a promoter for for you know parties and all these things in in stuff people yeah. are doing. But I loved the idea of music. I approached a restaurant. They said, "Cool, we love the idea." We did the first one. It was like, "Ha ha! I've done something." All of a sudden, it's like, "So can you keep doing it?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh, so now it's become a jobo." Yeah. But I'm doing Let's it, and it. it's so much fun. It's just experiencing things that I thought I couldn't do, but you know, yeah, you now know. I'm exploring. Yeah, yeah, like it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so Makutano Junction. I, I think for me, that was the show where all the stars I think came together. Right? Yeah, it yeah. was. Yeah. Was. <laughs> Did you feel like a star though? Because you're just coming from reflections. Um, I think there were even more seasoned guys. I think ev- yeah. pretty much everyone. Everyone was in there. Everyone was yeah. there. Every single person. And and I love the fact that when you go to a set now, you will find the top guys, whether it's crew or it's the back office or even in terms of actors are from Makutano. Mm. Totally. totally. Every single place you go to. Especially crew. The top crew guys are from Makutano. Mm. The Sam, uh, Sam, Sami, Sami Maina. Yeah. Um, a lot of other people, I forget their names, but top, top guys. Yeah. All of them from Makutano. Okay. And, and it was so much fun. I, when I got into Makutano, I felt they were my peers because first of all, we were acting together at the theater, at KNT, uh, at Phoenix. So a lot of faces were familiar, mm. but also it was a very difficult time and an interesting time in my life because I, by then I was, you know, famous. I was, I, I had fame mm. and fame is different from being a celebrity because fame people know you, but chums are not that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and it really grew into my mind and no one at that particular point had gone through such huge stardom in the acting world. And, and we were trying to find our footing because the people who were behind us, like Inama Makai, then mm. they were not about, you know, celebrity stuff. And yeah. we got into that. We were the kind of the first people into it. And it really, really messed me up because then I engaged my ego 
instead of my talent. Mm-hmm. And and that was a difficult place to be. That was a difficult place to be. Because yes, you have the talent. Yes, you are good. But then again, you feel like everyone owes you something because mm-hmm. you are you. Right? Yeah, could, could you give okay. some, maybe an example of how that worked out? Or some scenarios or scenario? I don't like I don't like saying it, but there were there were times it's it's a, it's a shame because it, it's a profession. There were times I would, um, would uh, get into set and I'm like you know I'm not ready. The sun is not right in my eye. <laughs> it it grew into me mm. and and <laughs> not exactly that, but yeah, it did. Yeah. And then I think uh, the guys watching who know they saw it mm. right. Um, I'm, I'm not going to come on set in the morning. I want to film in the afternoon. I think it's be much better. Ego kicks in. <laughs> and you forget it's work. It's not about you. Mm. This is work. You have to be professional about it. Mm. We, especially actors and musicians, you feel like the whole world is giving you flowers you're the one you can mm. do exactly what you want even even the directors and the producers everyone is just like oh my god Mabul, that was a fantastic scene you're amazing it's like thank you <laughs> uh, tell me more i do this every day <laughs> yeah but yeah it, yeah it really messed me up and and i'm glad i had friends um in my circle at that time who knocked me out of it Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So is it then that you realize okay this is not working? Did it have to come from you because people could be telling you yeah. but you still don't get it. So at what yeah. point does it hit you like oh okay snap this is this is the thing you now name it. When there was a new crop of actors coming up and they were younger uh, and they were better talented and they were getting more famous I was like ah, uh, it's no longer about me how that's when I knew yo Yeah. So Jobo, there's always fresh talent coming behind you. Mm. You always have to work on your craft every single day and become better because if you don't, there's someone who's coming for your Jobo. Mm. That in itself kind of scared me a bit. Mm. But also looking ahead and seeing at that point I'm I'm an elder actor, I'm becoming older every single day and the roles are becoming fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer. And because of now you've you've kind of messed up in different sets with different producers who don't want to work with you then the roles are getting even fewer i had to call myself for a meeting mm. had to call myself for a meeting and i said yeah yeah from now on it has to be professional so i adapted and went back to the philosophy of theater which is you know you have to be prim and proper and it's all about the work and that mm. guided me i think in getting into radio as well mm. yeah. yeah and thankfully it was not too little too late it wasn't thankfully it wasn't okay yeah so let's then speak about the transition into radio or do you after makutano what happens do you do more tv before yeah. the jump into radio or so all um, the was thing, that the period that you jumped in yeah all these things kind of overlapped each other at some point but i think on the first or second season of makutano um, now the word is out there uh, you know big actor big name and and now i'm getting interviews like oh so how did you start out da, 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 in the papers And I remember Nini Ashera uh, is like, yo, we were doing a show together. It's like, I'm doing late night, come. Uh, we do an interview about, uh, you know, your journey and whatnot. Super mm. excited. First time in radio. <laughs> Loved it. So there I was, you know, talking to, and, and you know, Nini and I, <laughs> Nini has really helped me in my career. Let me just say that. I, 
flowers to to Nino Ashera and and how many people she's Nino's helped. It's amazing. Do you remember? That's something. That's something. Yeah. yeah. And I watched that. Yeah. Oh, yo. Absolutely. <laughs> and you guys didn't even scratch the surface of her no. talent. Yes. We need another four hours. She's you, actually the exactly. longest episode yet. Yeah. Yo, yo, yeah. yo. She held my hand and she taught me so much. On that interview, it was all about Macbul, so it was fun and games. So when I was talking on air, I didn't know. And, and this goes to a lot of people. You never know who's listening out there. You never know who's watching. The boss calls like, that guy, his voice. The boss was listening at night. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, they have to make sure that all the shows are running well. It's like, mm-hmm. that guy in the voice, that, that, that voice is kind of cool. Can we uh, interview and just try and see what we can do? Mm-hmm. It's like, cool. Mm-hmm. I come back the next day and, and I meet uh, the amazing Samoina Kimojino. And she's like, you know what? Let's try you out once a week on Thursday for late night. And you'll be the love doctor. Hey. Oh, hey. that was hey. you. So you guys now know who it was. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> it was a fantastic, fantastically kept secret mm. um, because I wasn't the first one. It was called Hitch. You remember Hitch? So the first Hitch was Oyungapala. Ah, uh, okay. Makes right? sense. Yeah. The second Hitch was, oh dear Lord. Um, David Murethy. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. David Murethy, if I'm not wrong. And then I was the third hitch. So I would basically go on air and people would ask questions and I'd give love advice. Mm. At 20, I had no idea. <laughs> 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 yeah. So people would call in, it's like, yeah, so my boyfriend and I have broken up. <laughs> He's going to this. What do you think? I'm like, askmen.com <laughs> <laughs> so I think what you should do is and, and you know radio is a theater yeah. of mind and, and I grew from that so it should be much easier now with chat GPT exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, the transition was fantastic because after a couple of months on, on late night they made me permanent mm. and then there was uh, Chris Lugoy who was leaving the afternoon drive and who was doing it with uh, my mentor my good friend Mr. Alan Kasuja and Alan was like, I want that guy for late night. Mm. Yeah. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yo, yo. <laughs> that, was, that was fantastic. Yeah. That's a dope transition. Man. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. Was you, you guys probably sent in like questions. Yeah. I don't know. What <laughs> oh, good. Oh, Alan good. was an amazing, amazing show because it wasn't only having um, um, just a show with a good friend. It was mm. someone I looked up to, like an elder brother to me. And he guided me on the ins and outs of, first of all, becoming a, a, a public figure. Because he'd done it before. He was being called Mr. President in Uganda mm-hmm. because even, you know, the guys loved him. So it's like, this is how you handle yourself. This is how you, you talk to clients. Mm-hmm. This is how you go to agencies and ask for jobs and whatnot. He really taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm so grateful to all my co-hosts who have taught me radio and life from Nini Oshera to Chao, uh, Alan Kasuja, Linda Murethi. And then I got into one of the biggest shows I've ever done with Ses Mutungi. I think that was the biggest show. That that show, we had the president call in just to tell us, you guys are talking nonsense. <laughs> no, that is that true? So I'll give you a scenario. There was one day with Ses. Um, we were... Call- <laughs> The Prime Minister's office, that time, they bought a helicopter to monitor traffic. 
<laughs> we went on for like an hour how nonsensical that is mm-hmm. how stupid the idea of having a helicopter to monitor traffic in Nairobi is we just got a call <laughs> it's like eh you people it's like hey that sounds familiar <laughs> this is the right honorable we're like wow no way no. it's like yes it is live this is live on air right and well like you know we, we apologize but to us this is how it sounds like no 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 this is what we're trying to do da 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 da, da, da. it's like ah thank you sanabora prime minister that's when we knew this show is big mm. so we kept on talking nonsense because <laughs> now we know you know we are the guys yeah we we got a letter uh, it was very interesting from the united states embassy i don't know what we're talking about but you know something america <laughs> Yeah. And, and they wrote a letter and said, yeah, uh, you're one of the people who are, are being monitored and listened to, uh, from even from Washington. We're like, what? <laughs> Now let's talk even more nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But we were just being us and having fun on air. Mm. I remember, uh, <laughs> it's a very bad joke, but pardon me. Um, my good friend Kolo uh, from Klepto, told me a very interesting joke and I went on air and I was telling Sess because we'd pick up stories and then just tell each other. What idea. And <laughs> I remember um, we we're talking about, you know, people who have stammers. Mm. Wow. It's, and it's very, wow. very difficult. Eh? Sometimes, mm. especially when you're being interviewed and you're stammer, it's very difficult. So we were talking about our good friend, Dennis Oliech and how <laughs> it's so hard. We, we did tell him this joke and he found it funny. <laughs> How hard it is for him when you're talking on the phone. It's like, ah, VP de no. <laughs> so we're saying, it told us, hey, it's maybe Safaricom and Airtel should introduce a tariff for, 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 for stammerers. Yeah. <laughs> and it should be called Gugumu tariff. Wow. <laughs> you guy. Got a phone call from Safaricom. Handicap Association of Kenya. Oh. I, it was ridiculous. But in that, we found a sense of who we are, our identity and the identity uh, of the show. Mm. And and it resonated like you guys are laughing at right now because you used to listen and it was that passion and who we were mm. transcending through the airwaves. Mm. Right? We did make a couple of bad jokes and some good jokes, but it, it was just that essence of where we were and how we accepted ourselves and, you know, yeah. the chemistry that we had, which was fantastic. But this yeah. is a lot for that season. <laughs> Lord, man. It was so much fun. But that's when we learned how big we were and how big Kenya is opening up in terms of just wanting their own content, mm. right? So after Ses um, Mutungi, I had, you know, one or two other, you know, presenters. And then I moved to breakfast, I remember. And and that's when I had to become serious. So I had to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, breakfast is different. <laughs> breakfast is different because yeah. afternoon, it's fun and games. Afternoon is we're sitting at a bar somewhere and everyone is eavesdropping on our conversation. Mm. That's the afternoon drive. The morning show is prim and proper. I'm talking to CEOs. I'm talking to MDs. I'm talking to people who are making decisions, right? Mm. So I had to take my game to the next level. And, and that was fantastic. And I couldn't have a better co-host than Renee Ngamau. Uh, who Renee. is a, she she calls herself a recovering lawyer she's a lawyer 
uh, and a human rights activist. And she just changed the complexion of who I was. Yeah. And, and I had to stand for something. And that really helped me in becoming, you know, who I am. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot of pressure as well. Because right before you guys was Farid and Shanice. It was Farid and Shanice. And then it was Gaetano and Ibisuza ah. before that. And then it was Chris Foote and Ray. And... Chris Foot and Ray? And Renee? And, and Renee. Yeah. Chris Foot and Renee. Yeah. Right? So when I stepped in, it just changed completely. Because it's, it's bringing the bar fun times into breakfast serious yeah. talk. And, and it was a match made in heaven. Yeah. Were you the one who advocated or went for the move to breakfast? Or was it something that was done out of need by the station? My... my Career is very interesting because it's it's opportunities that open up and I jump on them and I run with them. And I get comfortable, but as soon as I get comfortable, I get other opportunities and I have to elevate. Now is when I'm like, now I'm defining. That's why I'm saying in your 30s, make your mistakes. Because mm. opportunities are there, go for them. When you're in your 40s, now you define the path and where you want to go. But it was more necessity for the station as well. Uh, because at that time, there was a bit of a struggle and we had proper numbers in the afternoon in any radio station, they'll tell you the breakfast show is the flagship of the company. Mm -hmm. And and now the drive show is the supportive. But we became bigger than the breakfast show at that oh. point. So we needed a split of some sort. So to balance it out. Mm -hmm. So it was the necessity, but it was also a calculated move, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. How is your day looking? Yeah. Are you still doing TV around that season? So there's breakfast, there's radio. Yeah. And there's theater as well. You're TV. popping here and there in yeah, shows. Yeah, exactly. So I I will say this. I haven't, if you've looked at my career, I don't do many things. Okay. I do things that I'm drawn to, right? I do things that I feel will propel me to the next thing. And, and when it comes to acting, it's just been that. It's been reflections to Makutano, Makutano to... Antibos and Antibos and Vashita were not actually things that I wanted to do. It was just if D'Souza was starting a company at that point in terms of Antibos and it's like, yo, come, let's have some fun. I was like, I'm doing one episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> 15 episodes later. Mm. And Vashita was just that. I was like, yo, I know this is a spin-off. Let's just do one, one season. Seven years later, it just became that. And yeah, that's just been who I am, jumping from one place to another. But now I'm trying to define where I'm going and and I've taken a bit of a sabbatical from mm -hmm. acting. Mm. I do take these these breaks, breaks for a year or so and, and it's encouraged as an artist because you want to, you know, open your mind up to other things. Mm. So the acting is on a on a backseat a bit. Um the radio is exciting because I'm trying to build something. I can't say yet, but uh in a few months you shall see mm. <laughs> and yeah everything else is just a bit of touch and go right now mm. yeah, yeah what about that season though are you when you're doing breakfast are you also on tv then or is this one of those Ooh, sabbatical that was seasons? difficult yeah it was really difficult uh, when i was doing the breakfast show with renee i remember i would work until 10 o'clock after the show um an hour until 11 we are with clients trying to find out how the show was da, 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 what we can do to improve I dash off because at 11.30, I'm supposed to be on location uh, doing Vashita. And if anyone has spent time on set, it's not an easy thing. So my day is starting at 3 o'clock in the morning. 
Uh, I'm at the office by 4.35. I do the show until 10. I have clients meetings until 11. And then I run to set until 6, 7, sometimes 8 o'clock if uh, I'm not doing anything else. But mostly I would be emceeing as well events. So I have a day that starts at three o'clock in the morning, ends at around midnight. And I repeated that uh, for a very, very long time that I got burnout and I fell into depression. That was a difficult time. Mm. That was a very difficult time. And I was, I kept on telling myself, it's passion. I'm doing this because I love it, because I want to elevate and go to the next level. I have a family now. I have kids who are looking up to me. I have a spouse who is expecting things. And you have the world which is looking at you like, you know, you are the guy. And you have no one to tell you or to, you know, someone who <laughs> you can go and decompress, so to speak, and say, I'm not at 100%. I can't do this. But the radio don't care. You have to come to work. The production doesn't care. You have to film because they have deadlines. At home, people don't care. You have to be the father. And you can't go out and entertain people and then come home and be like, I'm so tired. I don't want to talk. No. Their expectations. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Their expectations in each and every corner. I didn't find a place where I can exhale. And that slowly started eating me up. It ate me up a lot. I went to depression. Uh, but because I'm in the entertainment world, I have to smile and take it with a smile. And at some point, I did become suicidal. It was very, very difficult. It was the most rewarding bit because I put in the work and the brand reflects up until now. But it took a lot out of me. It took a lot out of me. Mm. Yeah. And that's why I started by saying, go at your own pace. There's no rush. Don't look at someone else's journey and think, I want to do that. Don't be in a rush and think there's a, this scarcity mentality that jobs are ending. There's no money and whatnot. Just take your time. Mm. I had many opportunities, but I should have just planned myself properly. Mm. But no one told me that. Yeah. Mm. Do, do you see it coming? Yeah. I did. To, in all honesty, I, I did, but I pushed it down, I suppressed it, because like I said, you have to smile. You have mm. to keep up appearances. I was hosting and emceeing like three or four times in a week. Emceeing dictates that I'm the person who's bringing the energy. On air, I have to bring in the energy. I saw it coming because there were times I would drive to work and sit in the car for like half an hour and just not want to be and just zone out. Mm. There are times when I would finish the show in the evening and drive home and I would hear my kids and my spouse in the house and I would just be in the parking bowling out because I'm like, I'm tired and no one understands me. Yeah. There's no one I can talk to. Yeah. No one. That was a difficult period. Yeah. And, and, I didn't pay much attention to it because then again, we are in Nairobi, Kenya, Africa. Who are you going to turn to to say, I'm depressed, help mm. me? Now we are talking about it. Yeah. Now men are allowed to actually say what they feel. We weren't. 
we were not given that space and opportunity. And then at your at the peak of your career, it's like I'm depressed. <laughs> <laughs> so what's wrong with this guy? You're doing good. This guy is making money left, right, and center. Yeah. Are you seeing the car that you're driving? Are you seeing the house that you're living in? It's not all about that. It's more to us as a human being yeah. than what you see. Don't quantify yourself by capitalism. Don't say I am because I have money. Define yourself as who you are. Mm. And at that point, I wasn't given that space to define myself. I was owned by the public, and I and and I. This is something that I'm Malia trying Uma. to Malia Uma. I'm trying to talk to young guys who are in the limelight and just tell them about this. Mm. You you don't have to play for the applause every single time. You don't have to do that. Mm. Just be yourself and take your time. If you feel like you need to be in a, pl a place where you need to, you know, shut down the world, do so. You're an artist because we give from the heart. We give, we give, we give. Mm. You need space to just be yourself. Bro, <laughs> I, I, I feel you on so many levels. Yeah, because um, um, personally, Pianikomali. Yeah. I remember I told you when we were earlier on when I coming yeah. up the lift, and, and I was telling this guy, it you have for an artist, it's it's difficult because you mm. you wear two hats. You're an artist, and you're this is a business. Mm. This is a business. Mm. As much as we're having fun and we're talking about art and all these things, you can't remove one hat and not put the other one on. You need to balance it out. Mm. That fine balance of a business person and a creative living in a bohemian space is really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so stories like yours uh, <laughs> give us hope for sure. <laughs> yeah. Two questions. Yeah. Number one, at what point does it hit you? Okay. Okay. Now I need to start thinking of a way out. Mm. And number two, how do you rise from it? Um... The point for me when I felt, yeah, this this is it, is <laughs> um, I'd gone out with friends. Um, and I think I'm saying this story because it's in the papers. I, I, I love talking about what I've I gone through because other people will find something in it that they can pick. I went out with a couple of friends, woke up in the morning um, in a bed by myself, and I'm like, my family... I've wronged my family. They're no longer, you know, part of me. My friends at that particular point was a bit on touch and go. I didn't, I just saw darkness all around. I didn't see any optimism. And I woke up with a knife in my hand. Um, yeah, I woke up with a knife on my hand and, and people around me because I'd sent my mom and I'm like, yo, this is it. But because I'd gone out drinking, I kind of passed out before. So when I woke up, I'm finding people around me and, and I'm holding the thing. And some of the people who were around were my kids as well. And they were crying, right? That was a turning point for me. Not so much for myself, but even for them. I'm like, those guys depend on me every single day. Those guys look at me and, and think I'm the greatest person on earth. There has to be something in me that can lift me mm. out of this. But it had to come from me. But also, the people who were in that room that day, who were family, helped me. Because they understood and they gave me that space to heal. And they held my hand. 
if it wasn't for family and close friends, it would have been really difficult. Because the whole world, again, I say, they don't see that. They just see you as that person who they look up to or that person that they can get something from. And when it runs out, you will be dropped. Yeah, you're no longer useful. You're no longer useful. So family really, really helped um, in getting me out. My siblings, my close friends, even um, my co-host at that time, Renee, oh, and my boss. Because my boss was graceful enough to understand I'm going through this season and it's going to be difficult to be on air as well. Because I used to drive to work, get to the parking, hear my co-host and turn the car around and go home and draw the curtains and sleep. Because it was, I didn't, I didn't have the energy at all, at all, at all, at all, at all to do anything. Mm. So credit to the people who are around me at that point and my co-workers as well, who just stood by me and helped me through. Mm. If you don't have that kind of support in your life, find it. Find it. Mm. Especially with family. We have squabbles as families every single day, but the most important people are your family and the mm. people who are around you. If that wasn't there, mm. <laughs> we might not be speaking. Yeah. You know, we might yeah. not be speaking here. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? Are we hanging out? Are we talking about it? Are we? What are we doing? How are we journeying out of that valley? How how is the route back up? The, it's so much fun. Yeah. Again, now I'm doing things like house music. I'm enjoying <laughs> it. And it's in finding those things and finding those moments yeah. of creativity that spark it out. Now I'm looking, like I said, it's from inside to out, yeah. not out in. I gave yeah. myself pressure because there were expectations. These people expect that. That one expects, that one expects. But now I'm like, okay, now mm. this is what I'm giving out. This is what I'm churning out. If it's not good enough, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. But it's coming from, I want yeah. to take a break. I want to take a sabbatical from acting. Mm. I will take it. Yeah. Whether there's money or not. Right? But pacing myself as well and seeing the end goal where I want to be has really helped because yeah. now I'm working towards that and bringing people. It's not, this is opportunity. Now make it work. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, two questions. One is, Actually, maybe they're related, mm. and one is more of a quip than a question. Of course, I think with three hours of sleep, uh, <laughs> it, it compounds things a lot. Yes, it does. Yes, uh, but then the other question is, um, based on that experience, because again, we are in the business of trying to learn as much as possible from people who've gone through these things. Um, what are some of the things that, even if it's not an artist, it's people in our spaces, a lot of people in tech, mm. who more or less the path might look different, but sometimes it really isn't, right? Mm. This life is more Still or less the same. Still a human journey. Still a human it's journey, a human right? journey. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the things that maybe looking back, you'd say, okay, you should be looking out for those things. I think one of them is obviously like the endless fatigue. Exactly, exactly. What are some of the other things from that experience? Um, just talking to people um, about, how they feel and where they are at that we we never we never ask each other properly like how are you what what are you going through how have you been exactly especially that one nikopoa bro nikopoa no how are you doing really the other day i saw you're drinking until five o'clock in the morning at the bar by yourself bro what's going on right the other day i saw you guys and your wife you're fighting online what's going on how are you we have this thing of 
keeping up with the, you know, Joneses, Kardashians, <laughs> whoever. Wagis. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That we 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 don't want people to see the real us. There's a mm. sense of shame because, you know, one thing or the other. Just talk. Just be. Find out, especially people who are close in your circle, find out how they're doing on an everyday friendship, love, all these things are not things that just happen. You have to work on them. And if I care about you, I should be able to call you up and say, yo, bro, the other day, you were sounding a bit off. Tell me what's going on. You seem a bit sad. I know you and the wife are going through problems. You're living in separate rooms. How does that make you feel? Where are you mentally? We don't ask those questions. Mm. The best we can do is, hey, Commander, you're going through things. Acha ni kununlie ka drink. Acha ni kununlie ka drink mtu wangu. Swipe ani kitakuwa sawa. Ah, madam mimi nakwambiaga. Oh, for the ladies it's the other way around. It's like, ah, these Kenyan men, these Nairobi men, me have been telling you. Just find yourself a kayanging and We're not we're not helping each other. You're right. <laughs> we're really not helping each other. Yeah. Instead of, you know, trying to elevate the sense of depression that is around, we are digging ourselves deeper by these toxic narratives every mm. single day. And it's worse off for men because there's a sense of showing off to other men. I don't know why there's we want to show off to the other guy that I'm a man more than you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Have you ever been around a group of guys and and one of them is rich? Like wealthy. All the other men are kissing like, "Hey you guy, mazee." No me I keep on telling you Mato, eh? Mato is the guy we need to nini. Yeah. All their jokes are funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The guy says hi, we laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because he has chums. Yeah. We need to be in a space where we can be authentic. That's I think that's my word for the year. Mm. It's evolutionary, authentic. man. That's the silly thing. I feel you like all to. of life is us working against evolution. Exactly. Because again, what's the idea of like us yeah. out competing other men? It's evolutionary, right? Yes. That's how yes. we used to survive. That's how yeah. nature built us in <laughs> yeah. order to compete in this world. We're no longer in that space because right now we're in a space where we're operating from feelings. We're mm. no longer we don't need to hunt. Yeah. Exactly. We don't need to, you know, build the biggest mansion and have the most kids to stand out. Mm. Now, it's an individual. We're in a space where it's individualism. It is a good thing it's a bad thing because we we don't have a sense of community anymore or we're losing mm. that but mm. we're defining ourselves and as a human being we're coming to the essence of a human being mm. you're no longer about creed about race about your wealth about everything else it's you so if it's you and I why am I impressing you yeah why am I fighting this shame of I'm not good enough just because he's wearing a bratling and I'm wearing a casio and it's a problem it yeah. shouldn't be it really shouldn't be mm. yeah yeah like yeah. yeah. a, a lot of effects of i don't know capitalism urban yeah. isolation there's so much there. urban isolation yeah. yes it is true it is true okay okay let's talk about the career now so yes. the question would be what are the wins you're getting there's one from one the wins is there's a coming back to self yeah yes. around this season we also see you disappear from uh, tv yeah. and radio So what is the next big win career wise when do we see you back up? Huh. Is it and this is now getting closer to covid, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um 
when I chose to, I think my journey to, to becoming self was when I left work. Okay. In 2019, uh, things were really tough economically and, and the entertainment sector was really hit hard. One of the first ones and radio was one of the sectors that was hit. So um, as every company did at that point, there was a sense of you know reducing your salary, taking a 50% or 20% cut mm. or not, not. I chose not to. And, and at that point I said, I don't want to do anymore. This was at still at Capital? Yes. Mm. And I said, thanks, but it's all good. Mm. No worries. Yeah. That was the beginning of my journey because now I started choosing self. It was difficult because COVID hit and, you know, finances and everything that happened. But choosing to, to take care of myself first rather than the entire world, choosing not isolation, but a sense of a breather for self was a good place to be. And that's how I began my journey. And then I started now cutting off the toxic bits of me, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's your colleagues. Reduce the noise around, reduce the noise around. And then I go to a place now. I was like, okay, fine. Now I can start rebuilding slowly and surely. What do I want to do? What's my end goal? Where am I heading? Who am I heading there with? Those are the tough questions that I asked myself. And then I started rebuilding myself from that pattern. Mm. And it's fun because now I'm just doing what I want to do with the people I want to do it with and at my own pace. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Um, I have two yeah. questions. One is career related and one is sort of from something you mentioned earlier and then sort of trying to find a link with something you've just said. So let me do the personal one first. So on one hand, um, when you're going through these episodes there's family by your side and it's it's the family that sort of helps you up. But on this other hand, you have to recognize that there is a likelihood of toxicity from the same family. Mm. How do you maintain that balance? I think that's a question that all of us have to deal with. If we're being frank with ourselves, yeah. we have to deal with that every day because yeah. on one hand, family is everything. Yeah. But on the other hand, they could be potentially the biggest source one of, of the biggest, of, yeah, yeah, of, yeah, of misery and unpleasant yeah. situations. How do you hold those two views together? Um, I'll say this. The, the antidote to all that, and I applied it, was honesty. We have to be honest. As Kenyans, we are not honest. We are very mild with each other. Mm. We've Passive been taught. And, and I think it's a, it's a colonial thing that happened mm. where it's yes, sir, no, sir, thank you, sir. You are taught to be... Humble, be humble. Mm. Don't, you know, don't talk back. Don't, someone older than you, you need to respect them. What if they're toxic, right? We have to be honest and those are the things that I actually did. I sat down with my family and spoke about things that had never been touched on. I spoke to my mom about things that were very tough and she found them tough because now I've come to the fore, I want to know, right? Those Difficult conversations were the ones that helped, but we don't do that. Mm. We we like just you know <laughs> pushing it aside. We we don't sort, yeah, yeah we don't we don't deal with issues. It's like I don't like Maggie. Maggie the other day did A B C D. I'm not gonna talk to Maggie again. Mm. How's about you tell Maggie, yo, bitch, the other day. <laughs> pardon me, 
Pardon any Maggie. <laughs> oh God. Pardon any Maggie in the house. I'm sorry. But when was the last time you went and said, "Yo, Commander, the other day, me I didn't like the way you spoke to me. Me I have issues with self-esteem, and then you spoke to me badly in front of people. I felt bad. I'm not discrediting you as a friend, but I'm solidifying our friendship by being honest. Mm. We never did that, and especially in family." We never, never do, do that, that. Mm. because we don't want to disturb the fabric. Mm. But we have to. Tough conversations have to be had in order to strengthen who Those you ties. are and your bonds. Mm. Even as husband and wife, you can't be sleeping in separate rooms and living your own lives just because you don't want to come to the acceptance that it's over. I don't feel the same way. Maybe we've had 50 years between us, but now our children have gone and now we're just pals. We should call it quits, maybe. But no, what will society say? Who is this society that we're always trying to impress? Mm. Who is this society that's always looking at us and, and with an eye, it's like, so today in the morning they woke up and they argued. Mm. That's all in our heads. Mm. If we can be honest with each other, then we can grow from that, yeah. I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, then what's the career leap then after that? Um, and sorry for the many tangents. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you take the breather. Yeah. I think it's at this point that we hear you at Nation. No. Nation. Yes. Yes. This is so, during COVID. Exactly. Mm. So after COVID, I thought I've done um, thirteen years in radio. I've done 20 years. And it hit me actually the other day. I was counting. I was like, God damn, that's a long time. Because mm. I've done 23 years in this industry. And I thought, okay, what's the next step? I've learned all these things. Where is the industry at at the moment? It's at a place where we're transitioning. And we are the guys now who have all the information. We've, we've gone through it. Now it's my time to translate that. And I found my calling. I was like, now I'm going to do um, something with radio to try and teach the next lot. And that's how I found myself in Nation because now I got into management. Mm. Um, and I learned more about life and about, you know, professionalism through that uh, as I wanted to teach. Um, and after that, I went to another organization as well. And I was managing director. And even then, the purpose was only to teach and show guys yeah. but also i learned a valuable lesson in in you know scaling up and where i needed to be so in a collective i found myself That's so amazing. i'm teaching but yeah. at the same time i'm elevating myself in a space where now i become a voice for something different mm. and not only in kenya because the narrative that is africa is changing and the renaissance is happening now guys and if you're not taking advantage of it and not seeing it there's something wrong Mm. We are no longer bound by the borders that are Kenya. Africa is rising every single day. Mm. We can't be celebrating Nigerians and South Africans and think we are a silo. We are not. Mm. We are part of all these things. The narrative that is in Kenya is the same in Lagos, is the same in South Africa. South Africa don't have ELEC the same way Nigeria doesn't have ELEC, the same way KPLC is doing us on this side. Think broader, think mm. bigger. Yeah. Okay. Hey, hey, we could, we could, we could snap <laughs> to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to do that. This is like really dope. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's tie it in with the Busy Being Born podcast. Yeah. yeah? So around late 2020, we are doing our first few episodes, and we are like, someday in the future, 
someday in the future would like to sit with Makbul and have a chat. We have a list somewhere. And, no and, way. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. <laughs> you think this is an accident? <laughs> I was just like, because this guy called me for a script the other day, yeah. I felt like, oh, now he wants me to be in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we have dream guests. And actually, somewhere. thank you. Thank you. Uh, something I haven't mentioned is I was supposed to, I, uh, I haven't done theater in a very long time and I was looking to go back to theater as a huge thing and and Martin gave me the opportunity uh, it's unfortunate there are other things that were happening on the side that I couldn't uh, really commit but but thank you Asante, thank you Asante. coming back to theater i think is is something big to me because going back and in, into roots and and establishing yourself is is fantastic and yeah. I, i want to be there so i got you i got you but but you did come back to acting because we now saw crime and justice anyone yes. Yes. Anyone? Yes. No, no. And we saw <laughs> County 49. Anyone? <laughs> Mazea, I saw a review the other day. Jesus yo, Christ. County 49. Let me just say off the tangent, eh? this guy, the, they, uh, in Kenya, we have very few script writers and they are tasked to write so many of these shows that you're seeing. They Sometimes the stories just overlap and they don't make sense. <laughs> County 49 was a show by artists for artists. It was a show by actors for actors mm -hmm. and directed by an actor it was one of the most amazing projects i've done in the past future it, uh, sorry in the past it was yeah. fantastic because i i was telling you because um, you asked about some of the um, character traits that i had that came solely because i was working with a director who we were Every single day. Do, do you mind telling the story? Because I was, I was mind blown. <laughs> Some context. Word. So, County 49, I play the deputy governor, if you haven't watched. And um, he's ambitious. And he's trying to, you know, as every other politician, scale up and, you know, take the big seat. Uh, but through that, he does things that are not necessarily aligned with the law and, and stuff like that. Um, and... At the end, he <laughs> he kind of offs himself uh, because of the pressures that are happening. So we had to develop a character, first of all, who is a politician, someone who is confident in themselves, someone who is, you know, straight back, so to speak. But also someone who is nervous and you can see there's a quack because as I was telling, uh, I was telling him there that uh, just a few minutes ago, we all have tweaks that we we have every single day but we don't we don't notice it for example i lick my lips to lubricate the lies <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said <laughs> yo i have i have that quirk <laughs> and and it's a quirk i i don't even notice it mm. but whenever i'm nervous around people i'll think my lips are dry so i'll constantly be licking my lips or i'll be doing this i'm like and and that's just my quirk for the character i developed a quirk Uh, based on the pressures of life. So what do people in high um, demanding jobs uh, do? They are always out and about. They don't have a moment of sleep or rest. And what do they suffer from? They suffer from things like um, high blood pressure. Um, they suffer from gout and all these things. They suffer from acidity and, and ulcers. So I chose ulcers. And what happens when you're in an episode where you have ulcers, you have pain. Where's the pain? Usually somewhere here, right? So constantly the character, when there are moments of stress, he would mm. feel it. 
And I thought it was just me developing it, and we, the director was like, ah, fantastic. He pointed it out. Yeah, I noticed it. Yeah. I and picked, I like, this guy is, is, is Macbul okay as a person, <laughs> first of all? I'm like, just, is this intentional? Yeah. But then I had something at the back of my mind yeah. that it was actually very intentional. That's why, that's was was. the first thing I asked you. Yeah, when I so saw whenever it. the character would go under pressure, and then it became something that I did without even thinking. Because the other person would say something and be like, that's the first reaction I would have. Mm. But why I'm saying this is credit to the script because it was so strong that it allowed us to grow uh, characters mm. and develop who we were. Damn. So you guys, kudos. Eh? Asante, Asante. Let me, let, let me mention the whole team by the GS story. Shout out Bolin, <laughs> shout out Brian yes, Mene, yes. Ligarion, hey. shout out uh, Melissa Togutu, Kibanda Pictures, and Showmax. Maze, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you haven't watched County 49, yeah, it's yeah. on Showmax. Um, you can, I can, if you don't pay for Showmax, I can give I you get my account. You. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. You need to watch And County also we 49. need to give them their flowers. Eh? Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yes, Showmax. <laughs> we, we really need to give them their flowers yeah. because the celebration that we're having in terms of our artists mm. is because they've given a platform to guys. You're right. right? Now we're telling our stories. I was watching Pepeta uh, the Pepeta other day. Pepeta, you guys. Yeah. That is good. And and I had to sit down with my nephew. I'm like, Wamesema? Because <laughs> <laughs> some of the language is very strong. But I appreciate we've gotten to that particular point, mm. right? We're no longer, you know, trying to copy or adapt and, and all these other stories. Now we're making stories for ourselves. Who would have thought something like that people would be, you know, constantly ramming on about? Pepeta is huge because it resonates with who we are. The language is us. And that's where we need to go. We celebrated Kenyan music because it started sounding like us. Mm. When Saudi Soul broke out, it wasn't because of anything, you know, huge that no one had done before. It's just that they sang in swa. And all of a sudden, it's swa started sounding sexy. It's like, God damn, I can actually tune a chick with these lines. Mm. Coming back to who we are, mm. is good. Now we're doing, like I was saying, my favorite genre at the moment, Afro house music with folk music. Like Kikuyu music that we usually go and listen to in, in Bomas. Mugidi. And now fused Kamakis. with something that you can go to the club and enjoy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Coming back home. Coming back home. 2020, yeah. there was a question in there somewhere that we lost track of, if you remember. 2020. Yeah. I, I, in some way, I feel we covered it. But how did you survive COVID? That hey, season was hey, it a good one for you? We COVID was hard. Yeah, <laughs> COVID was really hard, and and like many um, uh, Kenyans were going through, it was a tough, tough situation. First of all, as artists, you always need an outlet, right? Yeah, to just express yourself and just ah, now I can be. There was nowhere we could do that. Yeah, and then locked up in houses where spouses were. You know, people are not getting along and we used to pretend because you'd spend 15 hours outside and then come back home for an hour or so. Now you're locked up in a space where you have to deal. Wow, boy, didn't we face it? Boy, didn't we face it? Mm. All of us. It pushed us to become honest into where uh, about where we were. And, and I wasn't any different. I had to go through that space and, and actually come out on the other side and think, okay, this is who I am. This is who I want to be. Now carry on forward. Mm. But it was a perfect place, I think. Because in every... Whenever there's chaos, there's opportunity. You just have to see what the opportunity is. Whether it's in business or personally. Mm. To me, it was an opportunity to reset. And and I loved the fact that reset. It worked I to you. I loved it. I yeah. loved it. I 
was busy being born. Hey, mm. hey. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That was so much right. um, as we begin to wrap up, um, a few things um, that maybe touch on pieces of your journey that you've mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, but I think we might not necessarily be able to get deep into them, but it's worth highlighting, right? Yeah. The relationship between you and your parents, for instance. Right. Um, any Anything that you've picked up that you still carry with you right, right now as a lesson? My, how was that relationship, by the way? It yeah. was, it was. I think like any other relationship, um, many of us in in Nairobi or Kenya experienced, where your parents are your parents. There is no like deep connection or relationship. They are father and mother, not mom and dad. They are there to be listened mm. to. They are mom and dad, right? But with my father, they there was a bit of a tussle because, um. There were expectations, and and I'm trying really hard, and I learned that lesson with my father. Um, it's not about me; it's about my kids. I shouldn't impart my fears, especially, onto my kids, and we do that all the time with our children. Don't do A, B, C, D, because I went through it. But it's a different space in time, yep. right? Don't go and do da da da. Because I went through it and I have a fear that, you know, yeah, my right. kids will go through it. But what I'm doing is I'm stunting their growth because they have no fears in what they're doing, but I'm pulling them back. And that's the kind of relationship that I think I had with my dad because of his fears. So I became, I cowed a bit. And and if we were a bit more open, if we'd spoken a bit more, then it would have been bigger. But the father-son relationship, the mother-daughter relationship is very, very important. Very, very important because your first hero as a boy is your father. Mm. That's the person you look up to. They have the power to decide how you're going to be, whether you're going to be a strong person or you're going to be feel less in life, so to speak. I appreciate the lessons my father taught me. I appreciate the whoopings once in a while that were there because I got discipline for it. But I just wish we sat down and we spoke as father and son. Just talk. But we never had that. Mm -hmm. So what I'm doing right now is trying to create a different vibe with my kids. I talk to my kids about everything. Everything. They're in their, they're getting into their teens, but we have such a beautiful relationship. My daughter is always telling me. Actually, she called me before I, I came here, and she's like, "Have you have you oiled your lips? Because I know you're just going to <laughs> you're just going to go there and lick your lips, and then they're going to be dry." Yeah, and <laughs> that's the kind of relationship that I have. Mm. I wouldn't have that with my parents, mm. right? A space where I can come and say, "Dad, um, I I'm thinking." about girls, is this right or is this wrong, right? I didn't have that. Can you imagine if we're in this particular space right now, I was born in 2020, whatever, and then I'm trying to have a conversation with dad. Dad, I'm not quite sure if I identify as A or B. Can you imagine that conversation? Mm. And as I'm talking about it, there are people who are going through it and they can't. Mm. So parents, <laughs> parents are very important. And, and I'm very thankful 
my mother saw something in me earlier on and encouraged me, which was the arts, and pushed me in that direction because she felt that is a space where I found myself and I started expressing myself. Mm. So she pushed me into that direction. Yeah. If it wasn't for those efforts, it would have been different. Even my dad, actually, let me celebrate him uh, because he really was proud of the fact that I got to where I got. In the beginning, he wasn't. It's like, you know, you know, you're a Muslim boy. You know, I, you can't be, you know, doing all these funny, funny things. You need to be prim and proper. And I used to go to Jamia Mosque and, and his friends would be like, yo, your son is so amazing on TV. We're seeing that reflection show is fantastic. And that's when it hit him. He's like, yeah, that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my, my boy. boy. That's my boy. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed this. I'm sure most of you who listen to the podcast have. We always start with the present, then go very professional. And as you can notice, we are coming back to the more and more personal. Yes. So the space, we could have started, but we always choose to do it slightly around the end, mm-hmm. is where did it all start? Like... Mom, dad, where did you like grow up? Mtani likwawapi and all that. Ah, me have had the privilege, eh? Yeah. In the beginning I thought, wow, wow, this journey is crazy because we kept on moving from place to place, but what I collected from those places is what made me into who I am. So, born and bred uh in Mombasani. I was born in Mombasa Chuda. Chuda. Uh and then um in 19 88 that sounds like 1900 a long time ago for a lot yes. of you <laughs> in 1988 we moved to Kisumu because my mom was a teacher and lived in Kisumu for about two years and then 1990 we moved to Nairobi um, South Sea and from then on lived in Nairobi mm. uh, but from South Sea we moved to Pangani and lived with an Indian community, which was fantastic, learned so much. Our next door neighbor was called Makbul as well. So there was always this funny thing about, you know, who's Makbul? Which Makbul? You know, mm-hmm. and from um, Pangani. Makbul Mgani, Wakulamba Lips. I hadn't said it. By the way, licking, licking our lips was a trend back in the day. Mm-hmm. You see the way people are doing water. Mm-hmm. As we used to do LL Cool J. LL Cool J. Yeah, that's very LL. Yeah. Yeah? You used to talk to girls in them. So from Pangani, we moved to Calif. And you can see the trajectory. We had chums and then it just, you know. Life was happening. You can see. Life was happening. Uh, and and I appreciate that because one of the things that you're asking me about uh, parents and learning, I learned that my father is a, a man and a human being. Where I am right now, the things that I'm going through, I see him as a man because mm. I see the things that he went through. So at that particular point, we moved to um, Caliph. And yo, Caliph raised me. Caliph raised me. And then uh, went to Eastlands. And yo, see. <laughs> Yeah, if you grew up in Eastlands, you know life. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and I was I was um, humbled enough to go through some experiences that built me as a human being, and having the opportunity to see life from a different place, from a have to have not to have, was is is a thing that to me is beautiful, because as a human being, I get to see life and see people in different spaces. I can't judge. Mm. Because I've been through it and I've seen it. Right. And it's an trenches. amazing experience. Yeah. 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 Never discredit your experiences. Yeah. Busy being born. Busy being born. Um, you've touched a bit about the you, obviously, Mohammed, mm. Muslim. 
um, anywhere, yeah. or rather, in another way, what's your relationship with a supreme being, with spirituality, this journey back inward? Yeah. Um, is it just by you relying on your own sort of powers, for lack of a better word, or are we looking into another sort of inspiration? Yeah. I am religious. I am. Um, I know I don't show it because of the brand, mm. but I'm very religious. I'm so religious, I was a Quran teacher for, <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah, so I, I studied, I studied, and then I finished the classes, and then the teacher was like, so now come back and start mm. teaching. And and um, at some point, I'm not quite sure the equivalent of, a, uh, what are they called? Uh, the boys in the church. What are they called? Altar, Altar, boys. Altar boys. I'm not yeah. quite sure, but I, I was that uh, at some point in uh, uh, at the mosque. I believe in God. I believe in Allah. I believe the center of my existence is through him. When we pray, we are talking to God. And I've learned the language of having a conversation with God on one-on-one. -on -one. There's a difference between beliefs, who you're talking to, your supreme being, and religion. The Bible, the Quran, all religious books are books of law. And what is law but an interpretation of how you see it as a human being? We've turned that and religion into weapons that we're using against each other. See the wars that are happening right now. See the judgments that are going on, you're right, you're wrong, you should be facing this side, you shouldn't be facing this side. The essence of God is you. The essence of the holy person is you. The image of the holiness is you, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So God resides in you. The divine and bandit. I <laughs> <laughs> and, and I feel um, I am a Muslim. Yes, I do practice five times, but it's the essence of God in me, and he has walked with me through life, through the ups, through the downs, through the excitement, through the bad things. And, and let's not humanize God. And that's the problem that we have most. I think uh, we have a problem. It's like, God is angry. That's your emotion as a human being. The divine says in the book that he sees all. From the beginning to the end, he knows all. He knows all of us. So how is it that he can pick on you and say, because you did A, B, C, D, you're bad? That's because someone else told you. That's because someone pointed out. And that's from their opinion. The divine is here in your heart. And live it every single day as is there. Yeah, there's a quote I love um, which says that um, man created God in his own image. Totally. Totally. And that's why we are having so many problems because instead of looking within the God in us, we're looking outside and thinking, you're doing wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. That, that I find it, it really annoys me when people judge from that perspective. Mm. You don't know someone's journey. Just because someone is out drinking until four o'clock in the morning, you have no idea what they're going through. You can't judge them and say, God is so upset with you. God is seeing what that person is going through. God is seeing that that person at that moment doesn't have a job. He doesn't have money. He can't provide for his family. The only thing he can do right now is escape. Do you think God is not with that person? He's deep inside him. We don't see 
from end to end we don't see the complications people are going through therefore we shouldn't judge mm. you see someone going through something or doing something that you think personally in my opinion is not right for them that's the most you can do mm. but don't judge we we judge each other and and we have no basis of understanding where people are coming from mm. just because we think that the god in us is right everyone has a god in them yeah yeah yo i've been wanting to snap for like everyone he says as kila kitu ni kwetu eh Danny, yo, um, yeah, I think yeah. if we stretched it any longer, we'd be asking too much of already what we've gotten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we'll just jump into our final three. Uh, and you already know the drill. Mi naangalia ni kama nasikizanga podcast. I hope you do. Yes, exactly, yes, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I have so much confidence in you, Nico. Yeah, you know what we do. Naangalia za bro, what you talking about? Excuse the episode, excuse it. Anyway, um, so yes, our final three. We could jump into that jump in. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you're to have dinner with we'll give you three three people. Oh my god, I used Once. to ask these questions on air. <laughs> oh man, we didn't steal it from you. Maybe yeah, we did. Yeah, 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 <laughs> maybe yeah. we did. Uh-huh. Three people dead or alive once in a lifetime opportunity who those three people be and maybe a few remarks about why mm. and um these people can change in whatever season in your life so for now now who comes to mind my father my father passed away in 2012 i would have i would love to have a discussion with him man to man and say yo check out where i am and what i've done with my life and some of the things that you know i've managed to accomplish but more so the type of man that i am i would love for him to see that the second person is muhammad ali for some reason muhammad ali is one of the few people i think who encompasses someone who lives without fear and and stand for what you believe in regardless of what the whole world is telling you what the entire world is telling you stand for what you believe in and and i i would love to just sit down with him and find out the, where he finds that courage and how he can stand all that and still be great because mm-hmm. right now if i chomoka here and someone says something bad on twitter about what i said my life is done I'm like oh my <laughs> god i'm oh <laughs> because of one person's opinion he was the whole country at some point was against him he stood firm in what he believed mm. in yeah the third person um i would love to sit with again um is chris kirubi chris kirubi is known for many things um and and god bless his soul he really made a change in different uh, industries and spheres of of the professional world but he had a drive in him that he started from when he was younger to when he was when he passed on it's not every single day you find someone who has managed to achieve so much and gathered enough wealth for them to stay somewhere under a tree a palm tree and sipping on pina coladas and say cheers but he constantly had that drive i'm not done yet and when i got to a certain point i want to impart this knowledge to the young guys he surrounded himself with nothing but young guys and there was as well like oh you know you can't do that but he was he felt comfortable because young guys kept him moving and mm. going 
I would love to sit with that guy and find out the essence of his life and that drive that he had every single day. Because it never, never faltered. There's a story um, I, I wrote in uh, one of the papers. There's a day, it's a Christmas day, um, and I was doing the show by myself, and he came into the studio as he usually did, and he's like, why are people not working? This is money being lost. <laughs> but I looked at him and I was like, you guy, why are you being the Grinch? It's Christmas. <laughs> you know, people are supposed to be at home and chilling, but to him, mm. it's not about chilling it's he has a drive he wants to accomplish he wants to do right the goals are never done yet i would love to sit with that guy i would i respected him so much god rest his soul but he did so much for this country and the young guys that will never be seen he used to sponsor people who are in mit and harvard and no one would know and it was just him he wants he, he wanted to just impart the knowledge and push the young generation to the next level. If you went to him and said, I've gotten a scholarship to this particular school and I don't have chums, he would work on that and help you because he wants you to see succeed. Very few people in our society do that. Very few, especially people who are in his position, who were in his position. Uh, with a billion dollars, find me in South Coast TV under a palm tree, <laughs> living the life. Yes, that's very specific. Uh, that's very specific. Yeah, it's, you, you can see me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can see my retirement plan. <laughs> um, oh, good. Oh, Tender yeah. yeah. to the books. Uh, yeah. To the books. Um, how big of a reader are you? And whatever the case might be, um, what book would you either recommend to people or gift them? So there's a shame, uh, usually there's a bit of a shame being passed around when people say don't, they don't read books. It's I okay. don't. It's That's okay. all right. I, yeah. I never cultured, uh, created the, the culture of, of reading when I was young. I didn't read Nancy Drew and then I was out busy kicking Secret balls seven. and hitting each other on the head. Yeah. But slowly because of my kids now, I'm trying to, to get into the culture because they're like, yo, dad, I'm reading this book. I'm like, well, I'll, I'll read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. A movie. Uh, yeah. So, but on the book, yeah. I, I'm reading um, currently. So I've started. I'm actively doing it. It's taking me a little while. But uh, <laughs> mm. but I'm reading Trevor Noah's book. Uh, That's a dawn. Yeah. I just can't seem to put that book down. Yeah. So entertaining. Mm. And, and, and he's one of the people who has redefined what it is to be African, you know, mm. from a global perspective. And I love that because, because mm. my, my outlook at the moment is, is looking at Africa and, and looking at the world and yeah. how I can represent my, me, myself, and of course my continent. So mm. that book is really, really Highly cool. Born a crime. Yeah. Really, really yeah. cool. It's but fantastic. What yeah. about uh, a, a movie or an album that comes to mind? Got, yeah, listen Yo, to that. Watch oh my that. guy. Those are many. Mm. Those are so, hey. Like so that many. one. But too, yeah. one, one movie, yeah? And, and <laughs> you'll forgive me because, you know, it's I'm old. But there's a um, Shakespeare book called Merchant of Venice. Mm-hmm which was uh, done into film and played by a guy called Jeremy Irons and Al Pacino. Mm. The performances on that show are so honest because there is a language, but Shakespeare is not English. Shakespeare is gibberish English. Mm. <laughs> I did Shakespeare on stage. Half of the time I didn't understand what I was saying. But the way they depict that story 
it's like they can be it, it can be a foreign language but you still understand and feel yeah. what they're saying yeah right when the shylock um um talks about the difference between a jew and a christian and why is it that you're seeing us differently why is it that you're ju- you're judging us do do jews not bleed when you prick them yeah. do jews not laugh when you tickle them and that definition of a human being at uh, that movie if you haven't seen it please go watch it. it's actually on youtube um you can get it there the whole thing mm. it's such an amazing amazing movie it's a yeah. dope fantastic I, I i i did merchant of venice but did i did, but i think i was i was quite young you played salerio one of those I, yeah. wasn't, i wasn't cute enough yeah. to be basani yeah. <laughs> no I, 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 <laughs> so i played antonio Oh, look yeah. at that. Yeah. And and at some point I looked at James Falkland and I'm like, why are you giving why me this you? pretty boy roles? Like, uh, yeah. What is it that you're trying to say? Yeah. I need substance, mm. but yeah, okay. they okay. saw something different. Clearly we're putting on our Merchant of Venice role. I played Lorenzo. <laughs> oh, you played <laughs> Lorenzo. <laughs> I was I was licking my lips, you know. <laughs> anyway, I let's jump into yeah. our final question. Also, you said album, eh? Yeah, album, why not? Yeah, yeah, music. So, there I listen to many things. <laughs> I listen to so many things because like I said I I find solace in music when you find me on a free day by myself mm-hmm. I listen to music because it defines me and and you'll know what kind of energy I have by the type of music that I'm listening to I always go back to one album because it just it touches my soul it was one of the first big Kenyan albums to me anyway um and that was uh, Harikimani Harikimani's album. What was the name of the album again? I can I can't remember. But that particular album that had Haya, it had uh the the Traveler, it had uh Bamboo and um those young guys when they're starting out, that album I always always go back to. Mm. God bless Harikimani wherever he is, but before there was Zenia Manase before there was BN there was Harikiman mm. and and till today you listen to that album it's relevant it sounds like it was recorded there spectacular I li- right now i'm listening to Ben Soul's album god damn that boy is talented mm. right? yo yo yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course you'd go for 20 favorite song yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but just eh, that album is fantastic yep. that song is. by by uh, what is it okelo max hero ro that's my Ro-ro. favorite that's my favorite yo 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 i fantastic yeah. and modekai and Mordecai. Do you know my, my favorite bit? Yeah. Cordon, cordon. What? <laughs> what is that? Are you playing? Are you playing the jam? When you're changing, then you have to play that jam. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that jam yeah. is the one. So yeah, I love I, I I love all types of music. American yeah. artists that we grew up with them. But yo, Kenyan music, man. Like I say. Things that are done in your own language and things that hit you can different. understand, they, they hit differently, yes, totally sir. differently. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic, Maze. And now to our final question, may I? You. You may. Easy, bro. Um, Makbo Mohammed, mm. you're on a stage. Yes. And on this stage are African greats. And in your audience is every race and everyone is in there, but... 
the bigger percentage is the African population or many, many billions of us. Uh-huh. But on this platform, only one person for this particular case is representing the voice of those on that stage. And dead or alive, all these guys are there, you know, mm-hmm. from the all the ones who've been before us, DJ CK is there. Yeah, Wangari Madai is there. Mm-hmm. On the other side is so and so and so and so. All these people we look up to. Mm-hmm. And Makbu is seated there. On this day, it's only Nelson Mandela who's speaking. Mm-hmm. But you have your chance to, on your T-shirt, have a short message. It could be a quote. It could be a thing you totally believe your people in that moment need to see. What would that quote read? That's a tough one. <laughs> um, it could be a thing that comes yeah. to mind quite often, or I think you fear. I think you think, I think you think we as Africans or uh, as humans now need to hear. So I would. I don't. I don't want to go the. I want to say black is great, but I think we've championed that a bit mm-hmm. um, the past couple of years. But I would. Because everything that I'm doing now is a reflection of what I want my children to have in the future. That's actually, that's my source of inspiration right now. Um, And I would want them to see Africa is great. This continent has so much potential. We could be pioneers of anything that we want to do. But the narrative that we keep on telling ourselves is what I think sometimes holds us back. We still have issues of, I can't fly from here to SA until I get certain documents. I can't go to the Congo because of war and A, B, C, D. I can't sell my stuff to Nigerians because of a reason or the other. This continent has so much potential if we just change that narrative. And I would want to sit with all these people and just tell them, Africa is great. And let's look internally. Let's not look outside for answers. We've copy-pasted the Americans a bit too much. We've copy-pasted the Arabs a bit too much. We've gone around the world. Let's look inside. This continent is great. This country is great. We make noise every single day. Oh, bottom up. Oh, this, do that. Electricity, da, da, da. But we don't remember to celebrate the good things about this place and if we do that then we'll go forward it is a great place to be hey. yeah. Yeah. ladies yeah. and gentlemen makbo mohammed on yeah. the busy being born podcast where we spotlight african excellence yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you what, what this is this new age no <laughs> this is sorry I, i've been seeing it happening i'm just like sorry Oh, it's for being polite. <laughs> but also it happens a lot during poetry. And poetry, poetry. Oh. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, I prefer claps. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you get them, sir. As you rightly deserve. Yeah, as you man. rightly deserve. Yeah. And, and, and I, I've enjoyed this so much. Um, more so because Martin told me, don't perform. And I have a knack of doing that. So thank you. Me, I've been myself on this one. Thank you very much. Really we, we appreciate you so much. 
thank you for opening up to us and to these people here and to the hundreds, thousands, whatever that might listen to this now yeah. in 10 years, in 50 yeah. years. 2063. And hopefully, yeah, 2060. <laughs> yeah. You, your kids as well and your kids' kids. Totally, totally. Hopefully they will listen to this at some point and learn from it. That's the idea. 50th mm. episode, first live episode. Absolutely. I feel so honored, you guys. Yeah. I Thank feel you, so sir. honored. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Santa Sana. Thank you. Santa Sana. And and I'm not 46. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Asante sana. Asante sana. We celebrate all of who you are and who you are becoming. Stay busy being born. Absolutely. Asante. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we have been your hosts. Kamade. Kegondu. And you know where to find us. Busy being born dot Africa. Dot Africa. We are also on the socials. Busy, which being, are? busy being born underscore. This is on Twitter and on Instagram. And are we on are we on TikTok? I think so. Busy being born underscore. Maybe. Uh, maybe. You, you'll find us there dancing with dancing dancing to quotes. Maybe yeah, that's what we can could do. Be, you know? <laughs> Asante Nisana. Hey, stay busy being born. You know what we always say? If, if you're not busy being born, then you're probably busy not living. Peace. Lovely. Peace. Pamoja. Asante Nisana. Thanks for the life. <laughs> That's yeah. what's up. So that's okay. an episode. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Do look out for more from us. For now, Kwaheri. Just if you have any questions, just reach out on social media. I'll answer them. But this African thing that I keep on saying, it's not only for camera, it's happening. And if you want to know that people are trying to find their own identity in terms of being more authentic as Africans, these two gentlemen, what's your first name? What's your Christian name? <laughs> <laughs> What's your impersonal name? <laughs> <laughs> Samuel. 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 Mm. And Martin. But they go as? Commander and Kigoni. And there are people out there who are doing the same thing. Now it's like, I'm Modoni Wahoho. That's something to celebrate. Yes, that's sir. people trying to be more authentic. And if you didn't know, now, now you know. That's what's up for Santa Sana, man. Hey. <laughs> Good question. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>